You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So I don't know if you're living under a rock lately, but last night, I think Kodak Black really got into the hockey game, like really, you know, grinded his way into liking the game, uh, you know, really rode the, the, the waves uh, of that game. I don't know, um, really, um, I don't know, came in from behind, I guess, and got into the game. Uh, what, what do you want to say here? I mean, you know, good on him. I mean, whatever you're having fun you're at a game you're doing your thing you got a private suite everybody's videoing you i mean what are you supposed to say what are you supposed to do uh you paid the money have your fun honey i guess that's the way it goes um wouldn't be my first choice of something to do but hey cheers to uh <laughs> to watching hockey your way because this is like burger king i mean i found it absolutely hilarious and uh, uh another video did come out where he wasn't doing what we thought he was doing but man originally when we thought that he was uh getting pucks in deep in the executive suite right next to uh Robbie Lou and the boys that was that was something that was phenomenal so um i think jeff o'neill said it best on overdrive today like secretly that's really good for business for the nhl oh like, hugely. yeah that, finally some like, crossover stuff man Right. But and the NHL's like, you're not gonna have Gary Bettman put out a tweet saying, Hey, check out Kodak black, you know, battling in the crease in, in the executive suite last night. But uh, I, I don't know. And it, it's just something that I don't think we've ever seen happen at any sporting event either. And it generated buzz oh, yeah. and shout out, shout out James Duffy, who last night during one of the intermissions of the Leafs game, they showed highlights of the Panthers one. And he goes, this game had a Kodak moment. And I almost oh. lost it. I was, at my, I was at my buddy's house watching the game, and we both were just we just both exploded laughing. And it, it, it's generating a lot of buzz, which is phenomenal. And good for him, man. Like, get get no, it in get, there. get 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 busy, get busy. Hey, I want to talk about getting busy in a different way too. Right now, I want to talk about something that uh, was kind of near and dear. I don't know if people were following this, but hey, the PEI hockey situation that was absolute trash. The young man who came out talked about hey his teammate getting you know racial slurs went to the ref ref laughing about it the league you know he took it into his own hands so he got suspended two games buddy who made the racial remark got suspended two games then the player was like i don't understand how i'm getting two games but this guy over here is getting it for something that's far worse so i'm going to speak out and then the pei hockey you know suspends this guy indefinitely because he spoke out i'm just like hold on a minute so hey everybody getting on that one there's all kinds of people piling on pei hockey and today they announced 
that, hey, they are going to reinstate this player and then it's suspend the other player for five games, which I still don't think is enough. But, you know, good on you, Hockey PEI, for finally realizing you've done it wrong. But at the same time, how much was it the court of public opinion that swayed these guys to do the right thing? And that's the reason why it happened that way. It had nothing to do with them wanting to be righteous or do the right stuff that they should be doing to stand by their player who was protecting another and also, you know, dispel racism, you know, tape out hate the whole thing going on. Now hockey PEI just didn't want that black eyes what that is. But now, like I said, in my tweet today, the hockey world and everyone is watching you. You better show the receipts. You better keep this going. This better not just be a token thing to shut everybody up because people are going to hold you accountable. I want to know what you think about this there, Josh. Uh, when, when, when I saw this, the phrase too little, too late came to my mind. Um, it always seems in the, it, not just hockey, like other sports have done it too. When something happens, they dish out their initial punishment or whatever, or they make the wrong decision. And then people get loud about it, rightfully so, because they're upset. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, no, hang on. We were just still deciding what the punishment should be. When the, these events happened, it was clear as day as to what should happen. And they just didn't do it properly. So I saw this come out and I'm thinking, well, that's too little too late guys. Like now you're trying to make yourselves look like the good guys. And it's just not, it, it's not going to happen. You went back on what your initial action was. Um, actions speak louder than words. So next time do the right thing and don't just put out a statement to try and hopefully, I guess, cover your own ass. Is what it was just cut, no, but that's what it was. It was covering their own ass. It was making sure that they didn't have any more heat coming in the direction because everybody was bringing the heat. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody was upset. And it was just ridiculous. You know, at the end of the day, they did the wrong thing, you know, mm -hmm. and it's not the first time this happened either. This is the second time this season and probably multiple times that we didn't hear about. So there obviously is a problem. And just like in the NHL where things from the top to the bottom need to change, it needs to happen again. This needs to happen in PEI. You want to talk about getting out of the game, get it out of the grassroots, get it out where the problem begins. Don't let it fester there and become yeah. an okay thing going on in the NHL, AHL and beyond. You know, this is ridiculous. Hockey PEI needed to handle this the right way from the beginning, from the first incident, but they didn't. They said they were going to launch an investigation, just like the NHL launched an investigation with Akeem Alou and still haven't given him answers. Oh, but by the way, at the Board of Governors, everything's closed and we gave him his final information. No, you didn't. So same thing with Hockey PEI. It's absolutely ridiculous. I don't know if you noticed, but I'm a little bit on a roll. Hey, the mind is good. The brain is clear. But let's talk about something because this is ridiculous. This shouldn't be in hockey. Well, just, it shouldn't just, be there just, no more. Just, yeah. just to back on to what you were saying there about the whole open investigation thing. Usually when there's an open investigation outside of sports, you're not allowed to resume your job. Like say I was at work and I, you know, punch somebody in the face but i said it was because it was with due cause and they said they had to investigate it i wouldn't be allowed to continue working um so i don't know why when there's an open investigation while while the supposedly guilty party is still allowed to play yeah um, i don't understand that at all it, it it's like you see it in baseball sometimes when a player appeals a suspension they still have to sit out games um and it, that actually happens in every sport if you don't want it you know if, if you're appealing a suspension you still have to sit out the games that you could be suspended for um we saw it with i think it was tom wilson he was suspended for 20 um they he appealed it but he still had to sit out the games even though 
it might have been reduced and then you just get reimbursed for those games so if somebody has been accused of something that serious uh they should not be at their current job or place of work or on their team just do the right thing pull them out of the situation do your investigation and let's speed up the fucking investigations here guys holy shit they take forever yeah like you have the resources yeah no like i know i know you have to do your due diligence but should that not be the top of your priority list 100 percent, it should be it should be but here's the thing too when that situation happened and apparently this was corroborated by many people you know the player that said the remarks and the ref laughing about it that ref should be gone see you later you're not welcome back same thing with that player see you later you're not welcome back show me some receipts it's absolutely ridiculous the way hockey pei held it handled this from top to bottom from the first incident to this incident i'm not saying that everybody over there is bad let's not paint everybody with the same brush no but obviously in this situation and the other one things were not handled the right way through the entirety of hockey pei and now because of everything that's come out and all the pressure through public you know people piling on now they feel like they have to, oh, we're going to do, we stand with the player, you know, but it was a social media rule that we had, uh, get out of here, change it, change it, change it, change it. The refs are a joke. Hockey PEI was a joke. And this right here, like I said, this is their token. This is what they did. They came out to save face. Now show me the receipts. Keep it going. Show me what you're doing because everybody's going to want transparency. And I hope their feet keep getting held to the fire to get it going. And lots of people, you know, that are talking about hockey PEI saying you wouldn't believe how many things are covered up, but let's check it out. Let's make sure that it goes the right way and get hockey, get it, get it back to where it needs to be and get it back to being a safe place for everyone to play because it's ridiculous right now where it's at. But Hey, that's the hockey PEI rant right here. Obviously it's a little, you know, heated thing on this side of the, uh, the country for us over here on the East coast. Obviously you don't want to see any of that. You don't want anybody feeling disparaged. Um, but talking about heated situations, the Evander Kane situation, before we get into the Maple Leafs, before we start talking about, you know, John Klinberg and Yaka Chikrin and all that stuff, um, we got to talk about the Evander Kane situation. Um, you know, this guy right here, uh, linked to my hometown in Toronto, Ontario. I'm glad we don't have a, a team out here in Nova Scotia because I don't think you'd want him on it. And it's not just because of the allegations. It's because of the... You look at, uh, what's his name, Djokovic there, Djokovic over playing tennis. The carefree, mm-hmm. I don't give a crap if I got COVID, I'm going to travel, I'm going to do my thing, you know, nature. It's what Evander Kane did. And he got suspended for a once already for breaking COVID protocols. And you can say AHL, NHL, it doesn't matter to me. You broke the protocols, you broke the rules, and you shouldn't be allowed to play. You should be suspended again. Now, he's probably going to get a slap on the wrist which is what's going to happen from the NHL. Because right now, if you look at it, if they suspend him in, you know, whatever, 20, 30 games, it's going to bleed in over the trade deadline, which means for him, if he signs with a team and doesn't play before a certain date, I believe, he wouldn't be able to be a part of that team during the playoff run, I don't think. And teams aren't going to want to sign him either because that takes up a roster spot, takes up cap space, and you don't know what you're getting when he finally is allowed to play. Not to mention... Not to mention the Evander Kane show. We all seen the picture of Dustin Bufflin doing this to him, walking through the hallway. He's not exactly endeared by his teammates. People in San Jose didn't want to play with him. And I'm not saying that this guy is 100% irredeemable, but man, maybe you need to take a season off and, and park your biscuits for a minute and just let them cool because right now they're too hot to touch. And, you know, you got guys like Connor McDavid saying, oh, I reached out to Evander and I want to talk to him. You listen to Connor McDavid today, 
And he sounds pretty grumpy about it. You know, what we talk about, what we do, and you know, it is what it is. It's not for you to worry about on that side of the camera or as a fan. Well, as a fan, I, I choose to consume watching the game and what, what, you know, what I'm watching here. I don't want to watch this guy if what he's done is true. You know, I, I don't, you know, I think everything should be finally and concluded, but I guess we're not going to know because they, they did the criminal investigation, didn't find anything but they did find stuff for the COVID breach and then they're going to find stuff again for the COVID breach. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just, so there's a lot to unpack here with this whole thing. Um, just to touch on the suspension. I don't think they can actually suspend him at the moment because he doesn't have a contract. So he's not technically employee of the NHL. Um, and then let's, let's touch on the whole Leafs Evander Kane connection. That's not going to happen, guys. The Leafs don't need Evander Kane. They don't want Evander Kane. They don't want to bring Evander Listen, Kane. Listen, I, I said all along, Josh, I want the Leafs to get a hired gun, but I want them to get a hired gun that gels in that room. Well, you, you can know, get a guy than Evander Kane. You don't need – You don't call, sign Josh Hosang. He can probably fill the same role they want him to. Um, but then you have, you know – I, I saw that Oilers clip today and there's a lot to unpack there because the way McDavid answered that question, I saw two things. I saw a player that doesn't give a shit who he plays with because he just wants to win and doesn't care what the fans and the media think, which is well, very he's tired of losing. Well, yeah, but that's also very concerning that he doesn't care what the media or the fans think because he's a leader in hockey and should recognize that it might not be the best move for the public image of the league. Listen, also a long certain thing, Josh, about Connor McDavid though, and leadership. And that's why they had to bring in veteran guys because maybe he's he's a terrible leader. leader. He's awful. I've met the guy. He's the terrible leader anyway. um, And then we, and then the other side of the cat, it was the way he answered it. You can Mm -hmm. interpret as I have no faith in this front office anyway. So whatever the hell they do, who cares what they say, they're going to do it anyway and have their mind minds made up which both is very concerning. Both might be true. Both are probably true. Uh, stay, man, like there's just so much to unpack with this whole Evander Kane situation. Who wants to take a look at him? I know Tampa did. I don't think he'll end up in Tampa. I think they're smarter than that. And then you're looking at a desperate team that thinks they're going to make a cup run. You narrow it down like Edmonton. It might've been Montreal if they were a little bit higher up in the standings. Um you know who else we're gonna deep dive on edmonton too in a minute after the evander kane rant here but yeah yeah there's i just you look at all the teams that want to go on a run okay great you want to bring in evander kane he led the sharks in scoring last year obviously he's a useful player on the ice but the problem is the baggage that comes with him and you don't know what you're gonna get you don't know if he's gonna gel you don't know what the room's gonna be like and that's the problem that's the problem. You have to have a solid leadership group. And that's why kind of people lean towards Toronto a little bit for the situation where you have guys like Muzzin, Tavares, Spezza, Clifford. You know, a lot of guys will keep them in check. You know what I mean? That are vocal voices in that room. that will say, hey, you're coming here to play hockey. Sit down, keep your head down, play your game, and don't be foolish. And maybe we can go on a, a run here and create a little bit of a wagon and get it going. But you look at the teams that are going to probably go for them. I don't think Tampa does, but I think the Florida Panthers might. I think they might uh, just because they, just because they don't want to see him go to Tampa. I think that might be a team that does it. If it's not the Edmonton Oilers, but listen, if Connor McDavid is addressing the fact about Connor McDavid or not Connor McDavid about Evander Kane, that means there is smoke, there's fire. This guy is going to probably be joining the Edmonton Oilers. Let's be real. That's where it's trending towards. That's what's going to happen. You know, and whether we like it or not, that is exactly where this thing is going. 
Um, for me, it just blows my absolute freaking mind right now that, you know, he terminates his contract. Now the NHL is doing an investigation. He, like you said, he's under a contract, but they, they can still bar him from the league or they can still do whatever yes. they want to do for him not to be able to play. They can say, well, he's indefinitely suspended or whatever, you know, pending this, that, or the other crap. And well, the worst know. thing, the, the thing they can do, I looked into this, what they can do is just deny the contract. I'm, everybody who listens to this, you're a hardcore hockey fan, you know, all contracts have to go through the registry. They would just say, no, we're not doing that. Let's let this one sit for this season. Um, and then from there, there's not too much they could do outside of that. But uh, the other wrench in this is that his termination is under um, – a grievance. They filed a grievance about his contract. Well, they had so. to. The NHLPA had to do that because. And it, by the way, NHLPA, thank you for showing up this year. Fucking finally for once. Where were you? Where all this other shit was happening? Of course, when there's money involved, you wake up. <laughs> it's exactly right there, and we'll we'll talk about the NHL and their involvement in things here in a moment too. Um, but yeah, no, the NHLPA has to grieve this, like Elliot Friedman said, because it sets a precedent. If they allow this to happen and the termination to go through and his contract to go away and all that money disappears, what's to say the Maple Leafs don't like the way Jake Muzzin is handling his, you know, COVID protocols. And well, you know what? He's banged up and maybe he's not what we thought he was. So you know what? Let's terminate him because he broke. But you protocol. have to prove it. You can no, prove they, it. But they could, they could, they could, they could find ways. I'm just, I'm using it as a loose example. Just use X player who broke protocol, did this or that, that. Even William Nylander last year, where he hung out with people that he shouldn't have hung out with. At least could say, hey, you know what? That's, that's breaking protocol right there. You can't do that. Can't do that. We can handle it internally, but you know what? Nah, we're going to terminate your contract because you broke protocol and you put us all at risk. And they can use the Evander Kane thing as the same situation and say, hey, just like him, he broke protocol. So now we have to terminate this contract because it's no mm -hmm. longer in the mutual interest of the team or the player to go forward. And that's why the NHLPA is like, whoa, 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 hold on a minute here. We're gonna we're gonna arbitrate this, and we're gonna get some money for our client. We're gonna get some money for the player, and we're gonna get you know the team off the hook as well. But at the same time, it's gonna set a precedent that you just can't terminate a contract for this, that, or the other stuff. It's a slippery slope if they just let it go, and they don't want to let yeah. it go. And that's why Elliot Freeman said they have to fight it. It's in you know, like you said, the NHLPA. Thank you for showing up and doing something. I mean, this has got some coin on the line, so we'll see what happens and what's slid which way or not. Um, speaking of the NHL, we'll go back and this is a little bit of the, the hockey PEI tone right here. You had the ball NHL. You had it right here in your hands. You had it. All you had to do was take it over the goal line. All you needed to do was publicly acknowledge and join the HDA. That's yeah. all you had to do. That's they went all full you had. And, yeah but you went as far as you possibly could to not mention them. Oh, and not use your likeness, the jerseys, the teams, the whole nine yards in the video. Didn't allow them to do it. But hey, we'll publicly acknowledge each player individually, except for Akeem Alou, and say, hey, this is great. Oh, great, great, great. Yeah, tape out hate. But we won't mention the HGA. No, no, no. We can't do that. We can't publicly team up with a, you know, this. And Budweiser reached out to the NHL and said, "Hey, can we use 
the logos, the NHL logos and all that stuff on this and make this big. And the NHL said, no, that's not for us. What are you doing? What are you, are you, are you even in on this? Do you even care? Is it just PR to you? Like, come on, take that ball that you were easily, you were handed a gift that you could have made so much more and you didn't do it. You just looked at it and said, no, not for us. We're good. We don't need to, uh, we don't need to run that ball. We don't need to work with these people. We don't need to do that. That's ridiculous. The NHL is ridiculous, ridiculous for that tweet. And I love the fact, love being a Toronto Maple Leafs fan for the way that they handled it because they put everything out there and they said, Hey, we support Wayne Simmons. We support the HDA tape out hate the whole nine yards. They did it right. Isn't it funny that individual teams know how to do it right, but the actual NHL can't figure it the fuck out. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous because it's no longer the big hot button issue. You don't want to deal with it. You don't want to be a part of it. You should be championing the damn cause. You should be the one leading the way, but you're not. Others have to do it, and you still don't want to join after all the work is pretty much done. All you need no, to all do, you is, do, do is slap your name on it. That was all they had to do. It's like someone wrote a test for you, and you wrote your name on it, and you get the credit. Yeah. That's all they wanted from you. They didn't want money. They just wanted to be able to bear the likeness of their teams that they represent and have the NHL be a part of it. And they couldn't even do that. So we have a, I have a class right now. I had the first one this week and it's called open discussion and I'm in sports management. So what we do, we bring hot button issues. And this one was a a very hot button one. So we, it's essentially a three hour podcast, this class. It's fantastic. And we talked about this for half the class. And what we came to the, in the, the professor guides the class, she's really good. Um, and essentially they, we had a discussion about it, 18 of us. And we were saying like, well, why didn't, you know, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? Why wouldn't the NHL throw their name on it? And a good point that was brought up, we all saw the commercial. There's some racial slurs in there, which was the intent of the commercial. I thought it was fantastically done. Yep. Um, and, and the professor asked, okay, if you're the NHL, do you want your name attached to a commercial that is showing non-family friendly uh, words on national television? Let me finish on, on national television. So we said, so I brought up the point and it was backed up last night where we go, we heard players swear all the time. Last night we heard, uh, I think it was bunting after an ice and go, oh, fuck you, like clear as day. So get out of here with that, right? The, if that was the NHL's main argument, which it probably was, um because it wasn't the licensing money because the hda could play that uh, could pay that breaking news is not a lot to license a logo from the nhl it's a couple thousand dollars to use for a one-time fee which it would have been for the hda so they would have had to what is it seven they probably would have had to pay for seven logos so you're probably looking at maybe 10 15 grand once you add it all up they could have done that they afford that budweiser that's a rounding error for them so that wasn't the issue there the issue was the nhl didn't want to take a risk and acknowledge where they are and another point that was brought up what a fantastic educational opportunity right so let's say for example let's say your kids are watching that right and they see it come on the tv and a bad word comes up by the way on tv it was censored oh dad what does that word mean oh you know it's it's this this and this and this is why we don't say it and this is the back oh okay you just educated your kid and the nhl just decide no fuck that we're not doing that we don't want to take this chance 
and now they've just shot themselves in the foot yep. because we have a lot of people saying now, saying now, and I brought this up. I said, I hate the NHL, but I love hockey. Yep. And it, it's an absolute joke. Um, and it all comes down to this. And I think we've all been thinking this for the last eight to nine months, but no, nobody wants to say it. The whole top of the NHL, it's run by the same person, just who looks different. It's old white guys running the yep. NHL who don't don't want to bring it back. Like, sure, I'll get in trouble for saying that. I don't I don't care. You're doing it wrong. Figure well, they are doing it wrong. Right. Faces in. You got to get some younger guys. The head's got to roll. Get a, gotta roll. Yeah, get a multicultural. Like the first thing you need to do is get like I don't know what you would call it, but like a multicultural um, uh, what are the uh, committee on there. Uh, a division uh, not division a, a diversity a committee or something like that yeah. yeah a diversity committee thank you something like that just to be like okay here's what you can do to promote the game properly because that stuff they did with the hda in the bubble yeah it looked really good on tv for one night but outside of that it was a complete joke because mm-hmm. the nhl didn't want to pull their end of the stick and then you have the hda trying to do it all by themselves and the nhl going no 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 okay well then what can you help us with oh right, we just want the money Get the fuck out of here. Like, seriously. Yeah. No, it's 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 been a joke. It's, it's going to continue to be a joke. The NHL and this whole situation is a joke. I said it last week with Zach Lang, actually, from Orioles Nation. I, we, we talked about it. It has to be from the top down. Everything has to change. Gary Bettman's got to go. You got to get some younger people in there with better ideas, brighter ideas, to brighten things up and bring things to the next generation, which this league has not done. But Gary Bettman makes all the owners a lot of this. So he won't go anywhere until they feel that this is threatened. And the only way you can threaten that is not to go to games, buy merchandise and do everything. And we all know how diehard fans are. That's just not going to happen. So if you want real change, you have to affect it yourself on an individual level. And hopefully that spreads across, but it just won't. And and there's a there's a narrative out there. It's not it's not a lot of people, but it's enough to be making noise that the players who are on the HDA are involved with this just to look good in the public eye. That's not true. Darnell Nurse trains at the rink I work at, and he he came in. Uh, I think it was it was this off season or whenever the last off season was because we've been messed up with our our season timeline. And he had a bunch of HDA merchandise, and he came in and he was giving it out to people in the lobby. He was like, here's a sweater. Here's a puck. He gave me a sweater and a puck. And I'm like, oh, HDA, like, tell me a little bit more about that. And we were talking about it. He was very passionate about it. He's like, yeah, we're looking to get more people involved and all that stuff. So the players care, man. So that narrative with people saying, oh, they're just doing it to look good in the public eye. That's bullshit. These players care. Oh, no, they definitely care, man. It's as it just sucks because like we just talked about the grassroots level. This needs to change. It needs to change here but it needs to change there. And how do you do it? You affect change with the stars in the game and the players that are in the game, the big names need to step up to that are on the other side of the coin, the Austin Matthews, the Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby's, they need to throw their name in there. They need to work with the HDA. They need to show, Hey, we're all in this together and grow it and grow it and be a voice, be a champion for that cause too. And say, Hey, if the NHL isn't going to step up, I'm still going to step up. I'm one of the biggest stars in the NHL. Hey, I'm here. I'm going to help. What can I do? How can I lend my voice? What do I need to do? How do I make this ball go further? How, what, what is it that I can do as an individual player with a platform to grow this to a next level? So that way this can become a thing that is here now, but grows over time. And as players come through from the grassroots level and come up, you know, 
they have something to rely on, something they know is there, something they can feel confident in that they're not going to be attacked and face the same things. And I think that's why these guys are battling for this right now, because they want it to be different for everyone else coming up from the bottom to the top. And it just needs to happen, but it won't happen until that guy in the ivory tower, Mr. Gary Bettman and Bill Daly for that matter are gone, but that just won't happen. But yeah, and uh, while we're on the topic, just a quick shout out to Black Girl Hockey Club, an organization yes. that kind of gets they, they kind of get overlooked in all this. Not not for negative reasons. It's just uh, they they uh, they're a smaller organization, but the the stuff they're doing um, with the Get Uncomfortable pledge is just phenomenal. Yep. So check check them out too because they're both trying to achieve the same goal, and um, they're amazing people over there. Oh, 100 percent amazing people and too. And uh, shout out to Soroya Tinker from the Ribeteers of. Uh, PA, PHF, I think it is now, for Hockey Federation. Yep. Um, she's been on the show, obviously championing the same cause. So huge to have her on and talk about that movement too. So yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. Black Girl Hockey Club, we're with you as well. So, you know, take the uh, Get Uncomfortable pledge and let's get rocking and rolling. Uh, speaking of rocking and rolling, we talked about the Edmonton Oilers and Evander Kane a little bit earlier. Now we're going to talk about the Edmonton Oilers and what Ken Holland said this week. And in the fact that he is not willing to part with a first round pick or top prospect because he doesn't feel this team is where it needs to be, thinks the answers are in the room. How do you feel if your name is Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl that yet again, here's another year where they brought back Smith and Koskinen. They're not going to bring in a goaltender. They're not going to make any huge moves to fix this squad. And you're trending in the wrong direction. If I'm Connor McDavid, I'm starting to say, Hey, where can I go? Where can I play? That's going to give a damn about me as a generational player and, you know, allow me to become a spoke in a wheel somewhere where we can win a cup because obviously it's not happening here in Edmonton. It doesn't matter who's behind the steering wheel. They're driving the car the wrong way down the freeway. And it's going to be another head on collision with a non-playoff spot and a half decent draft pick that they'll probably pick the wrong player and, if they pick the right player, they'll send him somewhere else where he goes on and has success. So I don't know, man. I, if I'm, I'm, if I'm an Edmonton Oilers fan, I'm absolutely beside myself. And this is coming from a Leafs fan. I cannot believe, cannot believe you're going to waste another year of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and Zach Hyman for that matter. Come on. He's a child author. I mean, I, I, I was watching that press conference the other day. I'm not going to lie. I think I turned it off. Like it was probably about halfway through because he wasn't saying much of anything. It was just like, Oh yeah, we're going to stay. We're going to stay the course. I thought he was announcing a coaching change or something. I was excited, man. And then, uh, no, he didn't say much of anything. The questions were fair questions, but the answers were something that I could have answered on his behalf where I could just, Oh yeah, we're we're fine. We're not going to do anything. Um, Yeah. The thing with Edmonton is I don't think they're going to see real change there until McDavid's gone because they'll realize, oh, we, we, we fucked this up. And then you, you get the narrative, oh, you know, you can't trade McDavid. Yeah, you can. You know, you make cap room for a player yeah. like that. I'm kind of tired of the Oilers. Like, it's the same story every year. Start hot, realize their defense is terrible, realize they have no depth. If uh, McDavid and Drysdale aren't putting up two points a night, then they're not winning. So, yeah, it's all just I frustrating. I want find to some depth. It's nuts. It's just yeah, nuts it's... The, way that, the way it's being handled there. But again, we watched it happen here in Toronto for how many years, you know, before they finally started getting the right recipe. And 
figuring things out and getting players and you know hitting on guys and bringing well, something it's together. not even that though around. right like like how excited were you when we got matthews right and then they brought in complimentary pieces that year they did something at the deadline to reward the team uh, that year. year was it a no that year who was it that year they brought in a brian um oh brian boyle yeah, was that the Brian Boyer? They brought him in, and he was effective. That was to reward the team. And then Plex. And you know what? They they brought the Caps to six games, first round, playing with house money. You weren't supposed to make the playoffs that year. Yep. Got the fan base excited. Since then, it's been a little bit disappointing. But you know what? They've shown signs of growth and improvement in the team. And not just your, it's not just your top players you need to see improvement in. This year, Toronto's third and fourth line, absolutely phenomenal. And I, people are going to say, oh, your Leafs fans are talking about it. Okay, fine. Go look at Anaheim right now. Go look at Anaheim. Yep. Phenomenal. Look, hell, look at Buffalo. They have some hell of a players coming up there. Buffalo is not going to be bottom of the basement in the next two to three years. Take a look at Detroit with Cider and Raymond. Holy cow. And by the way, shout out Nick Lindstrom for getting a job. But just absolutely lack of awareness about how you develop a hockey team and how you you add depth to a team you're just going i got these two big guns i don't really need anything else yeah okay well what if you get shot at oh we got we got mike smith he's 42 oh we got koskinen he sucks like do something it's frustrating because i want the oilers to do well i want a toronto edmonton cup final matthews versus mcdavid I want Nylander to outplay Dreisaitl. And it's just, it's not going to happen with the absolute moron at the head of the ship right now. No, it's not going to happen. And I mean, maybe. I Ken guess he's Holland's not coming on the show after that comment. <laughs> maybe Ken Holland's <laughs> best days are behind him. Who knows? You know, I, it's just frustrating to watch the image nowhere again. Just go around and around the drain, round and around and around and around. And that's the problem they have. And they're, they're not making it the right way. So, well, we talk about the Edmonton Oilers. Let's talk about another team. We talk about Detroit hiring Nick Lidstrom. Tip of the cap. Absolutely awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome that they uh, the hired him. He's going to be great there. Um, maybe steps into Stevie Wise uh, GM job. And kick Stevie can, I have a, can I have a counterpoint in there? No. I'm, I'm happy for the guy and everything, but how do we know he's going to be good? <laughs> he hasn't had an executive job before. Doesn't. There's a lot of Stevie Y didn't either stepped in that's true that's true yeah i i just like i like the I guy like, listen i look at lidstrom yeah. and i say constant professional on the ice great leader yeah. um you know was very calm collective always knew what to do always knew what was coming next um mm -hmm. knew how to carry himself with the media um so i mean that very much right there will help you um obviously he's probably learned some ropes and knows some things and has been around enough to know what's going to happen and what it was expected of him. So I think it's gonna be good. I mean, we'll see where it goes, but this is a win for the Edmonton Oilers or not the Edmonton Oilers, the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Um, just as it was for CBY when he was in Tampa and he brought those mm -hmm. all around him and fucking did the right stuff there. But yeah. um, let's, uh, let's get to the meat and potatoes, buddy. We got the Toronto Maple Leafs here and we got a fan base. Okay. And a coach for that matter that isn't happy with the team. Crazy. Crazy Dude, when you're when I you're five, not happy with the way they five, close oh, out games. One. I'm pretty happy with this team. 5 0 oh, 1 in their past six. They lost to Colorado and they almost blew it against the, the Vegas Golden Knights. But let's break it down on a microcosm level, man. You look at this team, they haven't played a whole hell of a lot. They have players 
being shuffled in and out because of injuries or COVID or whatever. So there's no line continuity. You're trying to get things going. Austin Matthews looks better without Mitch Marner than he does with him. Just putting that one out there. Also is uh, actually more productive without Mitchie. And Tavares is more productive with Mitchie. I'm just putting that one out there too. Uh, I have but, two hot takes there. Well, well, you can get to them just a second. Toronto yeah. Maple fans, this is why we cannot have nice things. This team is going to have some warts. You're going to win some games that you shouldn't win. You're going to blow some leads. You're going to do some stupid things. But right now, this is called coming out of the COVID haze or whatever you want. And these guys are getting back into the swing of things. I think you'll see them get back to button down. This team is what? Still top five in defensive metrics in the league. Okay. You got Jack. Well, there you go. I'll put that. I said top five, just in case they slipped out with the Colorado and Vegas game. They slipped a couple spots. Um, But then you look at Jack Campbell, lights out for you. Muzzin and Hall, after coming back from the COVID break, actually look good again. Look Mm -hmm. half decent again. They're rolling again. Wow. You know, some time, some time to heal. Maybe there was something wrong with one of these guys. We talked about it earlier in the season. Maybe an injury to Muzzin. Who knew? Who knows? But this team, this team has something different that I'm not used to seeing. They have the, I want to stick up for my teammate mentality. They have the, uh, I'm going to drive the net. I'm going to block shots. I'm going to do what it takes to win the freaking game mentality, which is something we haven't seen since maybe one or two players a year. Now you have guys up and down the lineup doing it. And it's cool to see Travis Dermott laying on the line. Rasmus Sandin, for as diminutive as his stature is, running over guys like Dadnov and throwing big hits around the zone, doing different things like that. Michael Bunting, just being a greasy little rat. Curtis Gabriel said it's the best. He's doing his thing. Andre Kasha, nicknamed the buzzsaw because he's just a buzzsaw throughout there. Wayne Simmons yeah. is bringing in more. Kyle Clifford is still bringing it when he's in. Go down the lineup. You have guys that Jason Spezza. All these guys care. And it seems like there's one character caring guy on each line. And hey, Ilya Mikheyev, four games, four goals. Ho, ho, ho. What's going on there? The Cobra is striking. Shout out oh. Santino Morella. That's what I was going to say. All I think about is every single time. Wow, Cobra. It is awesome. It is awesome to have a team like this. And I know our expectations are so high that now a team that is what? I think 24 and eight, something like that. 24, yeah. eight and two. So we've lost eight games all year long. If that's what you're hanging your hat on, you need to go find something else to do. Cause this team could be doing a whole hell of a lot worse, especially with Morazic being out. That could have been a bad time, but Joe Wool stepped in. There's so many feel-good stories here. Michael Bunting's been what we expected and more. Andre Kasha, 16, 17 points now in his many games as he's played with injuries. Not too shabby, if you ask me, as a pickup. You know, this team has something we haven't seen. And I want Leafs fans to appreciate that because in the early 2000s, we had something like this. We had that magic. We had the Markovs and the Yuskevages and Tuckers and Corsons and Roberts and Sundines and all these guys that cared and wanted to win and did the little things and you got excited for. And I, I don't know why, Josh, I'm feeling that magic. I'm feeling that because that's there again. It's not just, oh, 
well, we got scored on. Let's go to the bench and do this one and put our heads down. Yeah. And it sucks. No, it's a, hey, it sucks, but we're going to figure it out. You know, that's this team here and I'm liking it. And I'm liking the growth from Matthews. I'm liking the growth from Marner and I'm liking the growth from Willie Nylander, which I don't see any slander to Nylander anymore. No, nah, no so many people used to anymore. ride that train and, you know, Use him as the uh, the proverbial whipping boy. I don't know if that statement's still good, but that's what they used to do to him. And now you can't say a bad thing about him. He's probably the best bang for your buck at 6.9 mil. So why? Mm-hmm. Why can't we just, just enjoy it, please? Just freaking enjoy it. You know, if the Leafs get blown out tonight by the Arizona Coyotes, don't say the season's over and this team's learned nothing because well. they've shown they have. <laughs> well, come on. Come coyote. on. Like the sky is not falling if you lose one game. That well, blown out by the Coyotes. If you lose the game three two and you fought hard, but if it's a blowout, I might be a little upset about that one. Um, but yeah, I just go back to the the two games they played against Colorado and Vegas, and I see people getting upset about the loss to Colorado with the blown lead, and then the win against Vegas and they blew a lead. And I say, okay, what's the most commonly used phrase in hockey? The best teams find a way to win. Okay, well, who found a way to win on in the Colorado game? Colorado was the better team. They found a way to win. And then, by I the way, the sign me up for seven games of that, please. Yes, and then I take a look at the Vegas one, and who was the better team? Well, throughout the whole sixty-five minutes that was played, Toronto was the better team. Who won? Yep. Toronto. You're gonna lose some games. You're gonna get outworked. It happens don't worry about it. Like I'm not upset with that Colorado game. And, you know, it wasn't the altitude. Um, You've just got outplayed by Colorado. That happens. You look at the Vegas game, Vegas scored on a five on three or a five on four or something. Should that have been a penalty? Who knows? There was a too many men mixed in there that you're going to get bad calls. You're going to catch bad breaks, but at the end of the day, if you can get a win, be that via a shootout, Hey, that's an extra point in the bag. Who cares? Um, you know, you start a six game road trip and you start off against two of the toughest teams in the NHL, Vegas and Colorado, and you walk out with three out of four points, you're looking pretty good for the rest of your road trip. So I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. I'm happy with the way the team's playing. Like Matthews is just on an absolute tear all of a sudden. Again, that's what he does though. He takes a couple of games off and then he just rips 10 goals in eight games. Um, these guys are looking phenomenal without Marner. Which brings me to the point, Matthews is a better, I'm not even going to debate this because I know I'm right. Austin Matthews is a better player without Mitch Marner because he has to create his own offense. And, you know, I, sure, he might make some good plays with Marner because he's with a more talented winger than, you know, Bunting or Kosh or whoever he's playing with. But he's, when he's not, when he's without Marner, he has to rely on himself. And I think that's when he is his best player when he knows, Oh, I got to do this. I have to make this play. I have to get that puck because he knows that bunting or whoever the other winger is at at that time of day is not going to be able to make that play or might not make that play. So he goes, you know what? I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to go get this puck and I'm going to rip it top corner. And we saw that against Colorado and Vegas Those are the, I think that might be the best two game stretch I've seen him play a full 60 end to end. Like he, he was a phenomenal player. I look at William Nylander, who's just laughing right now, leading. I think he might be, he, he's probably tied with, uh, I forget if I do, 
He's either first or second in the team with points. He's first. You look at Matthews, you know, he he's doing well after that hand injury and misses some games. He's got the same amount of points as Troy Terry, the best player in the NHL. So I just look at all this and yeah, I thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, and I'm not worried, man. I'm not worried. Um, I'd be worried if we went on like a five game stretch where we went, you know, two oh and three or two oh and one or something like that. And the team just kind of like defeated and tired, which you know, honestly might happen coming up the stretch here when they have some makeup games. Um, I don't know if you saw this or heard it last night, but Gordon Miller said teams got their tentative schedule for the Olympic break and the Leafs are going to have to play at least eight games in that three-week period. That might be where you start to see some fatigue, but I think we'll see. With the introduction of the taxi squad, you can also start, you know, rotating some guys. Um we're getting Dave Riddich back tonight. Oh, sorry, not Dave Riddich. I'm still not over that. Peter Mrazek back tonight. Uh, we'll see how he looks. He's getting probably the easiest team to play. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I can't find too much to complain about this team. I like that Keith is hard on them because I, I think back to yep. – you watched All or Nothing. I'm sure you did. Yep. Joe Thornton at one point, you know, Keith was telling him something. He goes, relax, coach. We're in first place. Okay, Joe, what happened? What happened? Well, it doesn't it's, matter. It's, I don't it's care. The same thing I don't care where they finish. The Make the playoffs, then win a round. It's the same thing we talk about the Maple Leafs too, right? When they're winning, don't take your foot off the gas. It's the same thing throughout the rest of the season. Just because you're in first, don't take your foot off the gas. Because look in the rearview mirror, there'll be somebody there to chase you down, right? It doesn't matter if it's yeah. in the regular season. It could happen in the playoffs. You have to. They talked about it. Stanley Cup winning habits. That's a saying for a reason. You have to have them through the whole 82 and you have to have them through the 16 you win to win the cup. And if you want to yeah. lax on those or rest on your laurels, well, guess what? You're going to be going home and golfing and the Leafs learn that against Montreal. And maybe they take that medicine for once and say, Hey, I don't like how that tastes. I don't like how that felt. And we talked to Terry Koshan and David Alter at the tail end of last season when they did the exit interviews and they, and they both said they hadn't seen the players that dejected and that pissed off and not wanting to get back to it quickly to fix the wrong. So hopefully that's what we're seeing with the guys right now of why Austin Matthews is elevating his game. Why John Tavares, by the way, nobody talking about the fact over a point per game so far this season. The he's most so quiet with his production that I forget he's on the team sometimes. Well, that's, I looked it up the other night because I did, or last night for Chandler Stevenson versus, uh, um, uh, John Tavares, both players playing in almost a point per game clip this season. Uh, John Tavares slightly over, and Chandler Stevenson, I think he's one point off a point per game. But you look at those two players, and you're like, Chandler Stevenson, for one, you're like, okay, wow, that's crazy. But then John Tavares, you're like, why is nobody talking about this? Because he's so far down the pecking order in Toronto, because you have Matthews, you have Marner, you have Nylander, who's beast moding right now. And then you have all the fun new guys, like Bunting and Kasha. You want to see what they do. And everybody's talking about Nick Ritchie. But there's John Tavares, two points over friggin' mm -hmm. a point per game, you know? So he's on pace to probably eclipse 100 points this season. So it's going to be fun to watch him do that. And I love the fact, love the fact that he's a Maple Leaf. Anybody who says they'd fire him out the door for a defenseman is absolutely crazy. So before we wrap this up tonight, I want to ask you about those two defensemen that are floating around out there. Um, would you want to see Jakob Chikrin or John Klingberg on the Toronto Maple Leafs? Or where do you see either of those players going? Uh, I'll take Klingberg. He's a proven defenseman. Uh, Chikrin, like he's good. I just worry about, you know, he's coming from Arizona, correct? I'm not yep. mixing him up with somebody else. Yeah, he's coming from Arizona. There's a losing culture there. 
I think it might take him a longer time to adjust than it would a, a John Klingberg. Um, the return for Klingberg is uh, going to be a lot bigger than it would be for Chikrin, I think. Um, uh, otherwise, well, you, well, look, look at it. Look at it. Look at it this way. Uh, Dallas is going to want um, players who can play right now, and then Arizona is going to want draft picks and prospects. So you're probably well, taking. You're going to remember though, like Klingberg's a UFA. Which is why they're going to want something to take a playoff run now, because either way you're losing the guy, right? Even if he wants out. And then I look at Arizona, who's you know rebuilding. They're stockpiling draft picks. They're stockpiling uh, prospects. You look at it from another way too. Toronto doesn't really have many draft picks to trade. Um, I don't think either of these guys end up in Toronto. I don't think Chikrin gets moved. Uh, Klingberg probably ends up on a team like Carolina or I don't know, Vegas will probably figure out a way. Colorado, Tampa. By the um, way, shout out to Kale Bowen McCarr. Byron, and Kale McCarr. Yeah, Kale McCarr. Well, no, shout out to Bowen Byram. Um, left the team. Um, woke up with, uh, with headaches from previous concussion situation. Uh, said he couldn't do it anymore. Um, you read the article from his dad and stuff like that. It's absolutely heartbreaking for the kid. Um, you look back when Sidney Crosby was going through sim- similar things with concussions. Um, you know, we're talking about defensemen, so this just jogged my mind. Um, yeah, it's it's horrible. Hopefully he can get back, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be back or the team's going to rush him back either. But absolutely heartbreaking news on Byram. Uh, having himself a season two, really looked like he fit in on that Colorado Avalanche squad, but it may not be, um, and hopefully it's not a career cut short due to head injuries, but uh, we'll see where he ends up. But to hear that and see him have to leave the team is just absolutely uh, gutting and heartbreaking because you never want to see a young kid have to go through that. And You really want to see him. You know, I was excited to see Bowen Byram on the Colorado Avalanche, absolutely lightening up, having fun. Kale McCarr, Byram, uh, what's, that, uh, what's his name, Gabe Lardy, is it? No, not Flardy. Yeah, what's his name? Um, you know who I'm talking about. The other defenseman there they got from Ottawa on the trade for the Duchesne. Um, you know who I'm talking about. The oh, dude with the avalanche sweater. Yeah, it starts with a G, I think. I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, you know who I'm talking about. They have a good young defensive core with those three there. And, yeah, it's just Sandivon Taves, by the way, robbed the uh, New York Islanders. Hello, Lou Lamorello. Um, but, yeah, just wanted to shout out Bo and Byram. Uh, everybody in the hockey world's pulling for you, buddy. Hopefully you're coming back and you'll be stronger and feeling good and figuring it out. And maybe you can talk to Mr. Crosby about whatever he did to get himself back in the game. But uh, yeah, man, this has been fun. It hasn't been the normal uh, offside schedule, everybody. We're getting back to that. Um, obviously with the holidays and, you know, COVID and all kinds of different things happening. Um, we're doing what we can, but we're having fun while we're doing it. So I want to say, uh, Josh, thank you for always uh, bearing with me and, and rolling with it. We'll make it happen uh, more consistently. I know last week you were uh, battling your own stuff, so it was a little bit difficult there, but we got the Oilers one in. But, yeah, let's get it rolling. Let's have some fun because, you know, around here, this is Offside Hockey Talk, and it's where hockey comes to talk.